Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Powerful Creators Mentoring. Are you ready to manifest rapid growth in your business or sales career? Head on over to PowerfulCreators.net forward slash mentoring. Enter promo code MENTOR96, all caps, and get 96% off your first mentoring session. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Naked Warrior Recovery. I have been on a personal health journey to improve myself, and after stumbling across Naked Warrior's Happy Berry Energy Drink, with all the good vitamins and electrolytes that give you great balance and mental clarity without the junks and jitters that other brands give you, I personally can't get enough of Naked Warrior Energy Drink Powder. It tastes like Happy Berries, too. Click the link in the bio, type in promo code JBolton at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. Hello, how are you doing? Made it this time. (laughs) Hey, there she is. Yeah. What time is it over there for you? It is uh, just about eight o'clock. Oh, so it's not too late. Okay. No, 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 not at all. And my husband puts the kids to bed when I'm talking to you. So that's perfect. Well done. Well, there we go. Get him to do something around the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, tell, uh, what's, uh, wow. I just like lost all my ideas. Good old ADHD. Um, tell me a little about yourself and what you do. Sure. Okay. So first, the, the most important thing about me is that I'm a mom of six amazing kids. Wonderful. Uh, some of them are already adults, which is just hard to imagine. Um, and I'm also working for the last 25 years with ADHD. I uh, started as a young classroom teacher. Uh, I'm pretty sure a couple of my brothers had ADHD. I remember one of them taking vitamin R, as we called it in our house growing up. And uh, then moving on to my students, my my husband, interestingly, when I met him, he he seemed very similar to these students that I was teaching. And lo and behold, he himself is like really off the charts, energetic um, in a good way, of course. Right. And um, and it's quite genetic ADHD. So most of my kids also have uh, been diagnosed. I actually stopped just taking them to neurologists at some point, like after kid number four. I'm like, I got it. Um, you know so what to do now. I, <laughs> I got this under control. Uh, so I I'm as I'm a teacher, I'm a college lecturer. I work I teach in two uh, teachers colleges here in Israel. And uh, I also meet uh, people in private practice, adults that are struggling with ADHD couples, where one of them has a, a lot of ADHD symptoms. When it's two of them, it's, it's way more challenging. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a uh, miracle uh, worker, so that's, uh, I'm not, I don't have as much success with that. But with couples, I, I have had a tremendous amount of success. And I also run parent groups. And I'm now an author of this amazing book, Hyperhealing. So, uh, isn't that nice? I love the kid being dragged behind. (laughs) So when I looked at that picture, I said, wow, that could be my kids. (laughs) And it was, it was right during the first Corona lockdown that I chose it. And one of my sons, who's very talented with his hands, he's, he just builds everything. He and his friends were building this car. I called it like a Dr. Seuss construction. Okay. And and they would take it from the top of the hill 
he and his, and his, like, I feel like he and his friends have one combined brain and, oh, yeah. uh, they would take it from the top of the hill and race it down the hill. And I'm looking at this picture. I'm like, that could be them. It's just that here they're all clean. Um, so I went with this one. That's awesome. I have many stories of that. Yeah. As a young kid, it's just didn't think through the consequences. Like, let's just make a two, like a plank of wood, put some wheels on it and go down a hill. And usually we, yeah, yeah, up, yeah. we hit a rock flying scraped up. Your grandparents are just like, Oh, we can't see. We do uh, nothing happened. That's too visible. Um, you slipped and <laughs> fell. <laughs> kind of thing. Right. I, I was definitely on many of those. What we, we like to call them go-karts Okay. and uh, you know, very homemade go-karts. So my <laughs> brothers and I, we used to do that and definitely land up in a pile of achy bones at the bottom of the mountain. But then and you're so, young and you just snap together. You're like, Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right back to the top. So you just mentioned something earlier. I just want to clarify. You said vitamin R was vitamin Ritalin, right? That was vitamin Ritalin. Yeah. Okay. Just make sure they had me on that too. When I was younger. Uh-huh. How did you like it? Uh, we had to stop it. Like within three days, um, I was getting all the classic classic symptoms of like a meth addict. I thought there were spiders under my skin trying to pull, oh, I was my like God. trying to pull everything out. So yeah, you're not yeah. a candidate. Mm, no. Not and you bit. probably actually did better because of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, one of the, from there, they had a, me take some weird D drug. It's not dopamine, but it sounds similar to it. And uh, at a young age, I gained like 80 pounds in three months. Oh God. It sounds like some kind of antidepressant or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it was funny. ADHD then drugged out. I'm like, Oh, I'm just the problem. I gained the weight kind of thing. I didn't now with hindsight. I'm like, it's just drugs. They didn't know better back then. Yeah. Well, the drug makers did, but oh, they did. parents didn't. Right. So I'm just curious um, what it, um, you mentioned, like how you have all these different people and they come to you. What specifically interested you in coaching or mentoring or guiding people with ADHD to a, at least a less chaotic go-kart down the hill path? Right. So it, it kind of happened uh, naturally. It, it happened kind of without a plan, really, okay. because I was working with teachers. I was teaching teachers and a lot of them would come to me after class and say, I have this issue with my husband. They always said, let me tell you about someone I know. And then they would tell me the story. And I'm like, is that your husband? Like, we <laughs> and it always we was. Right. Oh my God. I didn't know. Wow. It's just an old friend of yours, isn't it? And that's why you wanted to talk to me. So the, so what happened was that people were really searching for help. And what I was noticing was that the, the sort of help that I was offering through my courses was not available because mm-hmm. you have this kind of uh, one dimensional story with ADHD. Is it a neurological disorder or an emotional disorder or a behavioral disorder? Um, and then you're either going with emotional treatment, behavioral mod- behavior modi- modification, or you're sticking the kid on a drug. But what we were not seeing, and this is what I was teaching my college students, is we have to look at the root cause for every single person. What's going on with that person? And uh, and therefore, the, the help that I was offering in my classroom was not something that my students were able to access. I couldn't recommend anyone to them. So I said, well, come on over and I'll, and we'll, we'll have a talk. Let's see what we can work out. And, you know, one after the next, I was, uh, you know, thank God, very, very successful with my clients. 
who turned out to be clients. I thought they were students. And, uh, and that's, and it went from there. Uh, that's, that's very good. Yeah. So what are some of the, um, the little nuances without giving your whole course away of the things you, you see? Uh, that's fine. Lot? I'm happy to share. Okay. Uh, so what, what I, tell me the question again, so that I could really understand what you um, want. So what are some of the consistent nuances you see in all the, the clients coming through? I see a lot of instant gratification personality. Okay. The here now fun, dangerous novel. And uh, so and nowadays, what I'm seeing a, a real trend of, especially amongst teenagers, I'm seeing a major screen addiction that, oh, yeah. you know, I've been I've been in this for a while and that's fairly new. I'm seeing it completely shut people down. And I think that did not the lockdowns and the pandemic did not help with that. Um, but I see it's not everybody that landed up um, a screen addicted. We all got a little more screen addicted than we were before the pandemic. Right. But for one group of people, most of them instant gratification type of people, which would land up with an ADHD mm-hmm. diagnosis, those guys landed up with a screen addiction. So then we're, we piled on a new, new thing. But what I do see often is physiological signs, like uh, someone who has asthma or allergies or uh, constant rashes or was born by C-section or has, um, or has had strep or ear infections a lot as a child, things like that, headaches, stomach aches. Those are things I see often. Runny noses is a big one, especially with kids. Interesting. Yeah. So those are things that are very connected with ADHD symptoms and are not really looked at. Um, and you also, I'm also seeing a lot, unfortunately, and this is the part that really breaks my heart is I'm seeing a lot of kids that have gone through some kind of trauma or abuse. Yep. That's about the summary of my life too. <laughs> so there we go. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of trends in, in people and you, and you're saying that you have the same, those same trends. Yeah. The funny thing for me though, is um, it happened to my sister and me. We're not sure about my father. It was too old, long ago and he doesn't remember. But uh, when I was, I kept getting earaches um, mm. specifically in this year. And it's funny, I'm kind of half deaf in this year, um, but wow. I hear, I hear more higher frequencies from this one though. Um, but yeah, then my, I think it was, it was either me or my sister, like the ear canal just like, kind of like rolled out the ear tube. Oh, wow. I've I think never it, heard of that. I think it, they, it was my sister and they got it back in in time, but it was just one of those. Yeah. For some reason, just, yeah. That's where you said like lungs and this and that. It's like, Oh, yep. I got that. We got the trauma. Let's go. Right. So those are things that if you're just looking at symptoms, which is often diagnosis for ADHD is diagnosing symptoms. If you're just looking at symptoms and you have like this hammer nail kind of, uh, relationship to ADHD, ah, ADHD symptoms here, take a pill, then you, what you miss is treatment for trauma. And what you miss is treatment for middle ear falling out. And therefore (laughs) I have to add that maybe in my next book, I'm going to use that, but I'll, I'll put your name on it. Thank you. But, uh, but those things, if you miss them, you're not getting to the root cause. And very often a child who's going through some kind of abuse or trauma it's not a behavior issue. They are a healthy person responding appropriately to a really inappropriate situation. So they're calling out for help. They're saying, look at me, hear me, listen, I'm making a lot of noise. I'm making trouble so that you pay attention. And what do we do as very, very brilliant put together adults? We shut them up. (laughs) 
So we've taken their only tool and we've shut it off. And what have we done? What have we accomplished? So this has to be checked before we ever progress toward anything, any chemical intervention that might actually cause more hurt than ha- than than good. Very true. Yeah. It's just funny. Like for me, um, where I am in uh, my city is literally where the railroad tracks is. If you live below it, you have to go to the other city over. So I went to um, a more Hispanic campus and I was the only white oh. kid on the Hispanic campus for the whole area. So the funny thing is I would always tell the principal, the teachers, like I would say, Hey, these people are hurting me this and that. Then I decided, Oh, you know what? Let's just throw in comedy. Like uh, Robin Williams to see that if they laugh, they have to help me kind of thing. And then, oh, but, wow. Interesting. And it was kind of one of, I now have like hindsight again, I'm just adding that in, but uh, one of those, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got the shit kicked out of me verbally, mentally just thrashed. And um, and then they're like, oh, you're the weird one, not us. Right. So, like as though the problem lives inside your head. Right. <laughs> so yeah, all the way through junior high, that didn't help. And then high school, it's kind of got more clarity, more grounding because I took up martial arts. Um, ah, good for you. And it really was a good grounding agent for me. Um, and pretty much from there. Um, I've now been clean of the drugs three years. Yes, I haven't taken a stabilizing pill or whatever in three years. And I'm actually That's remarkable. Than ever. I wonder how that process was of getting off the drugs. That's usually a killer. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of guests have told me they're like, you shouldn't you shouldn't advocate people just go to cold turkey. Like no, you, you must do that with a doctor. No, no one. No one should go cold turkey. <laughs> Well, I was with, for you, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, I've already was questioning it. I had a, a weird event where I went to Idaho and kind of was stuck up there for um, like two months. And like the last mm-hmm. two weeks, I didn't have my drugs at all. So I was literally taking them every other day just to pace it out. And it was just one of those at certain points of the days when I wasn't taking them. Like, I actually feel really good kind of thing. And I'm literally in a farm in the middle of nowhere in a hill. Town's like 20 miles south. So even if I went crazy, no one's going to know. And that's when I noticed, right. I'm like, huh, maybe drugs aren't the answer. So that's remarkable. And then when I was going to the doctor, um, cause I was taking Wellbutrin, Topamax and Vyvanse. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 So I think. And well, no one's ever checked how they interact with each other. Nope. And that's where the, the Indian doctor uh, pretty much pulled me aside. Like, well, he didn't pull me aside. He more like reshifted. Very professional, never say a bad word. And he pretty much said, Josh, I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, how long have you been on this ship, by the way? <laughs> Immediately right there before you even finished the sentence, I'm like, I need to get off this now. Because <laughs> he's like, your brain should be mush. Like, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be functioning the way it's firing. That's where he said one of them's essentially, because he, he asked, like, do you have seizures? I'm like, no. He's like, one of the drugs is you're taking is anti-seizure side effect antidepressant. The other right. one is a mood stabilizer, but with the other one, it's a mood amplifier and slowing you down. And the other one's just speed. So you're slow, emotional, and fast at the same time. And I'm like, right. I'm just sitting there going, right, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. And then um for me, I just did a lot of research. I went to this local herb shop and bought a lot of uh, herbal pills. I don't know how else to explain it. 
And then that, that gave me a good like landing pad. It was still a little rough, but it wasn't like I, I completely cut my parachute and were like, let's do this. So. Right. Now, I, I, I've, I've um, had clients go off of all sorts of drugs, not with me. I'm not a doctor, right? but with, you know, I was taking the journey with them beside them with a doctor. And that's a very important thing that this is not something you could land up with. You can land up with seizures or with severe depression or with suicidal ideation or suicidality if you don't do that carefully. So that is everybody should hear that. Yeah. So don't do what Josh does. He's a very lucky. Don't case. do what Josh does. <laughs> that's just like a shirt. I'm really convinced. I'm like, I should make that a shirt. Don't do what Josh does. I'm but, sure there are other things Josh does that are pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious now, um, is for ADHD, do you see people who have more of like a creative imaginative mind or is that like a hit, like a, some party and the other party? No, I, I do see that a lot. I see that a tremendous amount. I actually see a lot of frustrated creative minds. And, uh, I often see that that's kind of because of a curse, I know that a curse is a strong word, but when someone is very, is told that they're very talented or very creative, then they must be talented and creative all the time. And if you're kind of an instant gratification person and you jump from thing to thing, then you're never completing projects and you're always feeling like a failure, which makes people, the creative people like that shy away from their creativity and uh, so that's what I land up doing. And I, I try to walk them back to their creativity, but taking it from a place of humility, of taking one step at a time, of you don't have to be brilliant and creative. You just have to enjoy it. You have to choose it because it feels right for you and take that one step at a time. I know I'm sounding a little bit 12 step here, but <laughs> it actually works out because if you if you love music, but when you start playing the piano, it sounds terrible. If you're the type of person that's, I'm creative, I'm supposed to touch it and it's supposed to be natural for me and I'm supposed to be amazingly brilliant at it, you're not going to touch it a second time. But if you say, I am drawn to music and therefore every day I'm going to get a little better at music and I don't have to be talented, creative and, and incredibly amazing. I could just be a regular person practicing that person with the ADHD symptoms is going to go way farther, further than your regular old Joe Schmo on the street. He's going to do great. Right. Do, uh, do you see that also? Do you see that, that people with ADHD have more creativity? Yeah. yeah you see that? It, they're firing constantly. So they're, they're taking in information like this is even on the heavy stuff that was <laughs> slowing Sorry. me down. Oh, it's all good. Um, not COVID. No, no. I already that. had it. Uh, yeah. Um, oh no, I got COVID back in December. That's actually why I started, uh, December, 2020, but, um, essentially, Hey, did you get that weird BC beta or whatever one? I can't even figure out what the Greek letter is. I had the British variant, I believe. And then I got the Omicron as well. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten it since, uh, December. Good. Uh, The Omicron is really easy. I bet. So, um, yeah, but I noticed for, um, ADHD people, they're very creative. Like, um, well, I'll, I'll use my sister for a good example. She's very good at analyzing situations and crafting a story for that. Mm. So, so she, but she uses it more to posture and like blend in. Um, 
like for me, I, I'm more of a strategist. So I see the game pieces moving and be like, oh, I need to be here kind of thing. Wow, that's amazing. And you know why that is? If we're talking about an instant gratification personality, it's because you notice every all the details. So when we talk about ADHD, somehow it's described as a negative thing where you can't focus on one thing. But actually, we need those people who notice everything because mm-hmm. those people are going to keep us safer often those soldiers are we we want soldiers who could uh, pan the surroundings and notice everything that's going on and you also are much more creative you engage with your environment much more quickly and that would be an inventor or an entrepreneur or a startup person or you know mm-hmm. that and those kind of people that are much more curious about their environment if you're more curious you're going to land up with a lot more great ideas and wow. uh, and that brings out that creativity in you yeah and, but like, for me, the, the biggest part for me to level myself and not always ride the instant gratification tunnel is um, I read a book called thinking fast and slow. I have not read it yet, but I it's will. A, it's a very long uh, lecture, but it's very good. Um, and that was one of those. He explains how he uses the analogy. System one is emotion. System two is logic. System one can override system two, but two can't override one. And then Mm. quick cliff note summary essentially says, but if you want two to override one, so logic to override emotion, breathe 10 seconds in, hold for 10, breathe out for 10 for a cycle of 10. And I was just like, one of those, just after I read that chapter with coincidence, this random lady, I don't exactly like dealing with, uh, came to my job site, like instant, you could feel the negativity just entering the room. That's how bad she Mm -hmm. was. So she started yelling at me for no reason. I just did that right in front of her. Just... <laughs> she just like stared wow. at me like a completely crazy. And I'm like, all right, I'm not emotional. That works. Okay. What did you need again? Oh, like, that's amazing. She, she just thought you were totally nuts. She's like, uh, no, I'm good. And just walks away. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but that was just like that book really put it in perspective for me. Like, oh, okay. I may still get the impulses here and there, but it's not going to be anything crazy. And, um, and, and to set simple anchoring kind of goals, like, okay, I need to head this direction. If I accidentally deviate over here, it's okay. I'll eventually get back. So what are some tricks you'd give that you give to your clients to with ADHD for focusing on goals? Yeah. So I always have them choose one goal at a time, not okay. the whole day. And that's very important because we want to set people up for success. So we would choose one routine, uh, you know, getting up in the morning or going to bed at night, because we have to remember that instant gratification does not do well with routine because you're, you're, you know, that you're shaking your head here because you know that you're looking for the novelty and the interesting, and there's nothing interesting about a routine. So therefore you're not getting, you're not developing healthy habits. So it's always, I'm always amazed how, with my kids when they were little, I'd wake them up in the morning and every morning they were like in shock. Like, hey guys, you've got to know that we wake up every morning at the same time. This is something we've been doing for a long time. But for them, unless they had never developed a habit because it was not, it was nothing fun going on, but we're going on a trip that day. They are the first ones up and they're making the sandwiches in the in the in the kitchen before I even before I even you know open my first eye. So Therefore, what, what I'm, my goal is to help my clients and my students develop 
one habit at a time. And the way we do that is by imposing external interests and novelty, meaning prizes. And uh, so therefore, and adults could do this too. I, I've, I've worked with adults all the time where they have a very hard time, especially with women, have a hard time getting the house in order. And we make a 40-minute routine and that's it. You don't get to clean for the rest of the day. You just do this 40-minute routine and you're done. Because if, if they, they're not, they're never doing 40 minutes a day. They're doing either six hours in one day and then, and then that's it. They're done for the month or they're doing a little bit here and there, but they're always frustrated. So therefore, if we get a 40 minute a day routine going, then what I do is I, I give them a, a choice of prizes that they give themselves, but they have to give it to themselves. Take yourself to a restaurant, go out to for a coffee with a friend, buy yourself those boots that seem too expensive. But we, we get that done and, and the routine and they have to have somebody that they work with, either with me as, as their coach or they're working with their with a, a friend, uh, a spouse a sibling. And then they, then they, they have someone to be accountable to, and then they get that, that habit. And it has to go on for at least a month because it takes a month for our brain to create a new habit. So that's something that I work with a lot. That's too funny for me. Um, during the heat of the lockdowns, um, and I was still working at a local grocery store at midnight kind of thing. And a certain point, because it got to the, like, for me, it was like the enticing, should I just take the government money and go home? I'm like, no, principal, just keep working kind of thing. But I'm like, okay. You were the got- only American who said that. Right. It seems like it, apparently. That's it. It was only, see, you made a good, follow Josh. He's the <laughs> only one who made the ethical decision. Well done. Well, I just was just sitting there like at home going like, if I stayed at home, I'd get cabin fever within a day. Then I drive everyone insane trying to think of some weird batshit crazy ideas to do. Oh, yeah. um, so I just kept working. But my thing was like, okay, because I, I get my, my days are very random when I'm off. So it's like, so however long of a stretch you work, when you finish it, you can go buy yourself like your favorite burrito from a, a burger joint kind of thing. Wow, you intuited my program. I was just sitting here. I'm like, wow, I thought it was like the original. I figured it out. Apparently not. (laughs) I didn't figure it out either. I got it from Alan Kasdan uh, from his book. And uh, he has a lot of other great stuff in there. Highly recommended. Alan Kasdan. Okay. I'll look him up too. Um, But yeah, that was just, that's interesting. So what else um, do you do? Do you like have like a checklist system or more of like a buddies checking in program that you do? I definitely, anyone I work with has to have a buddy. Okay. And I, and I train that buddy to be the buddy and, and the person, the person picks that person, but we do certain, certain routines like, um, like, you know, if, if you have something coming your way, let's say people with ADHD symptoms tend to forget appointments, miss them, lose things, stuff like that. So according to the person, we will create a routine. So one of them is the calendar routine where you have to um, freeze in your space. Anytime something new comes up, you just got a wedding invitation, stop where you are, no matter what's going on. And you put that in your calendar. And uh, not only that, whenever, let's say you, you have to fold the laundry, you know, you have to fold the laundry today. So I would say to that person, find a slot in your calendar to put it in. And you might not get it done at that slot, but I want it committed to a time. And it's okay to not get it done in that time. And then what I have people do after they've throughout the day filled in their calendar, I make them do a check-in 
uh, in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening before they go to bed to see before they go to bed is to check tomorrow and to see how well they did today. And it's not in order to criticize themselves. It's order to only congratulate and move the things you didn't get done to tomorrow. That's it. So grounding a person is very, very helpful. Other things, then we look at people's habits. What, let's say, for example, my husband is not great with travel time. He just deletes it. So if we have to be Let's say, you know, we're in Queens and we've got to get to, to the city. Are you are you a New Yorker? You're not a New Yorker. California. But uh, I know what you're going for. All right. You know it. All right. Fine. So I'm clearly a New Yorker. And uh, so we got to get from Queens to New York City. He will. We have to be there at 1230. So he'll leave at 1215 because that seems reasonable. So for him, we would work on calculating travel time. We have to go here. Stop freezing your space and put into your calendar exit time, not just the time of the event that you want to get to. Uh, so each person has their own, their own routines that they have to work on. And some people's routines are at night, every night, rem- uh, saying to themselves what they succeeded at out loud. And that's, that's another extremely important routine. Yeah. That's very good. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm kind of chuckling over here. Cause like, um, for me, I thought the same thing because my martial arts studios is like 20, 30 minutes if there's like bad traffic. And I would always just be like five minutes right before the class started, be like, okay, we can drive and make it in time. And everyone's like, no, nice. <laughs> even if we go a hundred all the way, we won't make it in time. So we used to have a game we played in the car. We love taking the kids out on hikes. And that's another part of my program. Okay. The best thing for an ADHD brain is nature. I mean, the best thing for all of our brains is nature. I don't particularly have ADHD, but I love getting out on a hike and we don't go to malls and we do not go to bowling alleys and, and, uh, all the other overly, you know, created spaces with a lot of light and noise. We go out to nature, which is quiet and wonderful. And uh, so on the way back, we we played a game in the car where we would, my husband and I would each guess how long it was. This is pre-Waze. Like things were a lot funner before Waze. We got lost a lot, but we also got to play games. So we would guess, I would say, we're going to get home at uh, 7.15. And he'd be like, we're going to be home by 6.25, children. Uh, he's very optimistic. And I was <laughs> yes. always right. But the kids, like they were, I had a couple of kids who kind of felt like they had to be on dad's team no matter what. And I'm like, you just keep losing because only mom understands time. But <laughs> we had a good time with it. That's funny. And it's very true. Like for me, um, like I was saying the 30 minutes, but I did in five. I've recently now been sitting there. And it's funny how you brought up the calendar thing. And it was another one I just intuitively picked up. If I write in everything. Okay. Like I write in a block of just fill. So like for my brain, when I see it, it's like, Oh, I'm supposed to be driving by the time that gray bar is kicking in on the Google calendars kind of thing. Um, and it's, it got to the point I was super busy. I had to schedule in a restroom break on my own calendar just to go to the restroom or I would forget. Wow. So I know people who have to schedule in eating, Yeah, which is, is not my challenge. I'd never forget to eat. I don't understand that. Well, like, the out of sight, out of mind, that was for me the longest time. If I didn't see food, I wasn't hungry. And then I could go, I mean, it wasn't unhealthy, but like an 18 hour fast because it's just like, I'm just working away. And that's, that's well, there's the biggest... actually, there's, there's a value in water fasting for 18 hours. 
there is. Um, but and that was, I've done a number of times, even four or five days, I've I've done water fast. But that's that's you know to cleanse the gut, which is another part of the program, of course. Right, um, is the major gut cleansing, which goes such a long way, especially for little kids. Yes. But, you know, if you catch them when they're runny nosed, uh, strep throaty, kind of constantly on antibiotics, that when they're three and you, you change it, you turn their diet around, then they don't land up falling in their faces when they get to first grade. Uh, yeah. So the gut, uh, are we talking about probiotics, right? That's one of it. Yeah, sure. But there are, I have a program where we we're adding certain things and we're taking certain things out. It's very, very well organized in the books so like easy to follow, but not easy to implement. And, uh, that's a, people get very intimidated by that chapter because it's, it's pretty intense. Like I want you taking out gluten and dairy and sugar, but slowly, slowly, one step at a time. I really believe in that. And it took my family a long time to get to that, but we want to clean, we want to clean out the, the things that are actually causing our gut microbes to be kind of unidimensional. They're not, we don't have lots and lots of different types of, of gut micro of microbes. And we also want to add things that will be helpful like probiotics and, uh, and also natural, pro- real food probiotics, which are easy to prepare, really easy. I mean that. And, uh, and vitamin D, which is essential for gut health. I remember a doctor saying to me once, well, we're not seeing the connection between vitamin D and healthy bones. And therefore you don't actually really need to have a, a healthy vitamin D level. And I'm like, well, what about the gut? She says, no connection. Okay, I'm going to find myself a new doctor, <laughs> but we need vitamin D. And especially if someone has this is thing we I see a lot with ADHD, uh, constipation, and we need magnesium, magnesium and probiotics, they, they, they save the day. So it's, it's very individualized, but there are things that everybody's got to do drinking a ton of water. I, I see you laughing at the uh, constipation. Good for you. Uh, no, because I, I, now it's not as bad. I'm, I'm going to have a good uh, multi-cap vitamin and uh, I'm exercising and drinking a lot of water. But yeah, uh, like it got to the point, it was a running joke in the family that when I would take a shit, it would like shut down the sewer system. It was so dense <laughs> and so big. And they're like, Josh, did you take another one in the toilet? It's not going down. I'm like, sorry. I don't know why he's doing that. If we're already talking about your body and your bodily um, functions, you're supposed to be doing that twice a day. That was barely once a day. Oh my God. No. So you needed probiotics, tons of magnesium. It's great stuff. It's really helpful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and different things are needed for different people. Yeah. Now that I have, um, cause I'm working out more. Um, it's actually funny. You. I, I work out with my mom too. We're doing like a Pilates yoga thing. It's intense. Wow. My daughter is actually a yoga trainer. She's, she's a, one of my ADHD ones. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they pretty much all are. She's just adorable. And uh, she started dancing at the age of five. And this is something I recommend as well. You've got to get moving. You've got to do exercise, but ballet and yoga are specifically brilliant for ADHD because it's not just getting your body going and therefore getting a good dopamine flow. You're also learning discipline through your body. It's hard to learn discipline in the classroom. It's great to learn discipline 
when you're moving your body and you have to stay in one position for a long time. I tried yoga. I'm way too hyper for it, but I'm more of a CrossFit person. That's exactly my language. I, I like it because it's a list. I'm like a mom. So I love like getting a bunch of things done. One after, so I'm just checking off those things and I'm beating everybody because I could run through the supermarket faster than everybody too, because I'm a mom. So, uh, so CrossFit's my thing, but the yoga has given her so much discipline and you see it in all areas, the emotional, the psychological, the mental, everything is pulled together by her ability to, to do the ballet and the yoga. Uh, it, it's very true. Like, uh, for me, when I did the martial arts, when I was like, I around 12 or 13, um, I was the angry, I was, yeah, I was angry. Like, well, you were also being bullied. Let's not forget. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I took out the bullies eye for like three days. I gave him a black eye for uh, three days. That was awesome. But, um, high five. Well you. done. Metaphorical. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, no, that's like, same thing for me, like for martial arts in the beginning, it was the very militaristic, hold your horse stance, hold this. And we all knew going in, cause my instructor and I've told him he's never diagnosed, but I'm like, dude, you so have ADHD. Cause you like <laughs> go from one topic immediately to another faster than I could. Yeah, but think about the kata in in uh, karate. You you really have to remember something, and you have to be disciplined with it. You got to be good at it in order to get the next belt. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what the ADHD brain needs. And yeah, and that's where, like, for me, um, like I said, ADHD. He said it was a thirty minute class. We all knew it was one hour to two hour class, and. Um, <laughs> And it was just like, we were hopeful, like little kids, like maybe today he'll actually do it at 30 minutes, but I uh, no. And this is just one of those, um, like recently I'm trying to go for my third degree black belt in the system. And, uh, wow. I made doing... it to yellow and judo. That's good. Thank you. That's very Thank good. You. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I've been doing this 15 years, um, and that's where my instructor's like, you've been doing this 15, you need, you need to be at least third or fourth degree. And I'm like, well, <laughs> fourth degree, I kind of have to commit my life to martial arts. So let's, let's shoot for third and maybe we'll see what happens after that. But, that's um, super impressive. Good for you. But, and again, it ties back to like uh, the reason I struggled to get my, even my black belt too. It was right before COVID even like was known it was mm-hmm. to 2019. Um, I was going for my black belt. Um, but I was still on the heavy drugs. So it was one of those, I, I forced it like muscle memory so I can get through the test, but like my, and my instructor knew it, but he's like, that's not going to work for your next rank. So he's like, we're going to have to like, that's where, when I was dabbling with the idea of getting off drugs and that's where once I got off, he literally is like, dude, the world's your oyster. Now let's just like keep pumping everything into that head because you're actually going to remember it. So my son is, uh, is in the military. He's a combat soldier, which does not allow for pleasant night sleeps for his mother. Um, but he is, I, I see how the workout and the discipline of, of the army has been also brilliant for him. And he consistently works. He's an ox. He's, he's consistently working out three, four times a week and he's running and you see it matured his brain and his personality. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And please, and please pray for his safety. Thank you. I, I will. Thank we you. all will. Whoever else is listening. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, that that's intense. Um, 
I mean, it, but I believe in your country, though, it is a mandatory at least two years, right? It's a mandatory draft and it's two years and eight months. <sighs> he just hit the halfway point, And the minute he's done, son number two goes in. The girls, the girls do not have a mandatory draft. The girls can either choose to do nothing or to do some kind of um, service, you know, service to the country, which my girls uh, both did for two years. And I'm very proud of them for that. But it's less nerve wracking. You know, they're they're in a kindergarten or they're in a high school for kids at risk and you know things like that. I'm like, I could do that. I could make them a birthday party where they are. But, you know, the military, it's, it's a little bit more scary. And, and where I come from, there's no such thing as, you know, having a desk job. You you, you got to be on the front lines in order to be even considered a soldier. So not only are your mandatory draft, you also have to choose the most dangerous part of the mandatory draft. So I'm, I'm very proud of him and uh, nervous as all hell all the time. I bet. I mean, I'm not even a, like a parent or, or like metaphorical a mother, but I would, if someone I truly loved was in that situation, I'd be, I'd be sitting there going like, okay, are you okay? Okay. The phone says it's still moving. All right, we're good. <laughs> no, so he only calls me after an incursion or an operation, you know, so that he doesn't like, he doesn't ruin what my mood knowing that he's going to a dangerous spot. He lets me know afterwards. And then it's just a story and I could handle it. Oh man. So what are some other things um, that you've uh, just some interesting stories with your clients that have come up? Well, I find that the more I speak to my clients, the more we're able to dig down to what's really, really happening with them. And, and what I find most fascinating is when we're able to connect a, um, a behavior that they have now to a single sentence that was said to them years before. Like I have one client who has a very hard time finishing things. She'll always leave one thing out. You know, she'll, she will clean the kitchen and just leave like the one mug in the, in the sink unwashed or fold all the laundry except for the socks. And uh, it was kind of curious because she was actually getting to a place where she was really being very efficient and effective, but there was that one thing. And then I said, okay, this is emotional. Let's dig back. What does this have to do with your past? And she says, well, I, I do remember that, that my mother used to say to me, you always forget one thing. So she says, you know, when I'm, I'm cleaning up, I have a little battle of like, am I going to do that one last thing? But she had kind of been, her mother had established who she was. And therefore, it was very hard for her to break through until she was able to say, wait, I'm not that person. My mother was wrong. I'm actually the efficient, effective person. And she was she was seeing things in her own mind that had to do with her own story, having nothing to do with me. I'm actually quite good at this. That's and then she was able to finally, you know, get rid of that behavior, which made her so crazy. Wow. You know, it's like for me, like the, the reason I'm just like in awe of that story, because I did not expect that turn. Um, for me at a young age with the, the high school, with, no, sorry, not the high school, the elementary with all the Hispanic stuff um, where they were hurting me. It was a certain point. I looked at like, met, like a, think of like a really giant bonsai tree. This weird willow kept growing in like circles. And mm -hmm. I would look up at it and every day I just stare at it. And 
I just kind of like internally cursed it. Cause like, why the hell do you even try? Like, what, what did you do to protect me? And, mm. um, and it was just one of the kids said, he's like, you know, you're just one tough son of like, we're kids. We didn't actually say it that way, but like, you're one tough kid. Um, you, you almost are like a, a warrior. You, you don't know when to submit. And it was just one of those, it kind of clicked. I mean, it's not been a bad thing for me, but then um, later on in junior high, um, I was getting teased for my teeth because um, they grew in very, my baby teeth were still somehow in and my adult came in. So it looked oh like, oh my was, gosh, you had that too. You looked like a whale, didn't you? Yeah. Like a shark. Oh my God. I was the, the like a shark. I was like the funniest looking teenager for the same reason. Like an um, early teenager, the, like the teeth were crazy. And, <laughs> and that's, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people are like teasing me like, oh, you're a monster. You're, you're going to bite our throat. So I started thoroughly believing it. Now, recently I've gotten rid of that. I don't believe it. Um, that's good. But it was one of those just like that, always being told that, but then a kind of like a, a crush, like the, the junior high crush, like this is like the idol at the time. No one else matters. She pretty much said, um, pulled me aside and says, uh, no woman will actually love you. Oh, God. Have I ever heard destroy- a curse? That's it. Dude, destroyed me. Now, recently, I'm like, dude, you're fine. She was just doing that to mess with you. But yeah, that that messed me up for a long time. Right. So that's something that I work on a lot. These what I call curses from your childhood. People telling you, we mentioned that before with with uh, with people needing to be the talented kids needing to be perfectly talented all the time instead of being able to take it one step at a time and be able to develop their talent. So the same thing is we, we hear messages growing up. You're the hyper one. You're wild. No one will ever love you. You're always lying. All of these sentences, you've got ADHD is another sentence because that means that something is living in your brain that, uh, that's bad about you. And uh, I don't, none of that is true. None of it's true. And when we, we have to identify the curses and, and change the story, we have to remove the curses by actually going inside and seeing who we really are. And, uh, and it's a real journey, but it's a, it's a very worthwhile journey and, and something that when I can do successfully with, with adults, their lives really change dramatically for the better. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Same for me as I've like, um, like she, she can see it. Everyone else can't. There's a pile of books in on my uh, shelf. Um, I see it. It was it, one of those uh, I read. I used to always tell myself, oh, I'm not a reader. I don't like books. And then during the heat of lockdown, especially going to work. And I, I'm like, you know what? I like my uh, books through my ears. I like podcasts anyway. So I might as well just listen to a book. And now I think in the last two years, I've consumed like 150 books now. Wow. The guy and- that... Yeah. The guy who didn't like to read. I had the same thing with math. My, my high school principal said, listen, you're, you're just not good at math. Just drop it. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, if you're telling a 10th grader to drop math when, you know, she's, you know, that's like a dream come true, except that he also cursed me by saying, you're not good at math. Your brain doesn't do math. And when I went to college and you have to take math in college. So I I took a math course and no matter what was going on, nothing could convince me that I was good at math. And all the people were cheating off of my test. And like, of right. course, I told them, you know, hey, guys, it, we all have different tests. So you're, you're all going to fail if you cheat off my test. But I kept getting hundreds while they're fat. And I warned them in advance, but I didn't want them to kill me. You understand? Right. Uh, 
So it was a community college. You know, it wasn't like this was not Harvard. So basically, but but no matter what, nothing could shatter the the curse. You're just you you don't do math well until I I went through that process of of changing it. So I'm going to say I actually had a very similar one at a young elementary age. Um, for me, it is true. It's hard for me to visually process like actual pictures. It's more like if you say Apple, I more see the silhouette of the Apple logo than the actual mm. detailed red with the the gloss and the shine and the little green stem and leaf. I don't see that. I just see the Apple logo. So like for okay. math, it was, they say, do this problem. The rudimentary one plus one equals two. I got that, but it's like cal- uh, multiplying when it got more than a hundred, essentially the, the, well, I'm trying to think of the box. See, it's not coming up. Um, but essentially any basic, uh, multiplication or cal- um, division, I couldn't do it. I would, I would always need a calculator. And that's where one of the teachers pretty much said, Oh, you're okay at math, but you probably just need a calculator instead. Well, that was nice that they did that. Right. And, and, and was- the truth is, is a different way of thinking. Uh, with numbers and a lot of people needed numbers explained in a different way. I remember sitting with my younger brother who was not getting the multiplication table at all, just wasn't penetrating. And I went out and bought a big giant jar of gumballs and, and I taught him gumball math without ever saying it was multiplication or math. We just were like, we just discussed the gumballs. And then at some point I broke it to him that he had just figured out, the the yeah. uh the multiplication tables and he's got it and now we then we translate but without the gumballs he didn't get it and that's not less intelligent that's a different way of processing yeah uh and the same for me like when i was in high school i was in this one my uh my teacher at the time was taking a college class and for me i did something and i finished everything early and i'm i'm usually not the overachiever again i was labeled as the lazy procrastinating kid so me finishing early was That's very weird. Curse. Yeah, it was. Um, so the teacher's just like handed me her a copy. She made a copy of her homework and just handed me and said, here, you do this. So what I'm doing anyways, it's really hard for me. So it'll be definitely hard for you. I finished that and I did her actual homework for her. Geometry made so much sense, but just simple mu- multiplication. I had no clue what to do. Yeah, it's, it's a different processing. And we so quick to label ourselves and to put ourselves down. Instead of saying, wait a second, maybe I need to learn this differently. And that was just one of those. Um, so me, the teacher made a deal. She's like, I don't, I'm not good at geometry. Never have been, probably never will be. But she's like, how about I give you an extra like X amount of points per day for doing my homework for me? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so she, she like come over with her paper. Like I got a hundred percent. I'm like, oh, cool. Then I got a hundred percent. Let's do this. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. You said you talk about, about business, right? About, yeah. uh, yeah. So is that because you're quite, you, you understand That's that more, kind of thing? Like I, or is that earlier, not math? Um, like I mentioned earlier, how I see the puzzles, the gears moving that most mm-hmm. can't, um, it was during the lockdowns. I was trying, I was trying to figure out the March, 2020 crash. Why some people were dancing in the street, like it's best things since sex and some are crying, like bills above entered the room. I'm like, it can't be that bad. What's going on? So it started the whole journey. What's what happened? Oh, that's a trading event went bad. What's trading? Oh, it's you're buying a business. But what's business? It's mindset. Okay, but what's mindset? Spirituality. So it's just one of those um, like, hmm. So I decided I'm like, well, let's let's really learn what business is, 
and then go into mindset, then go into the other one. And that's when I realized, like, wow, my brain really works well with this. The multi-layer dimensions, keeping tabs on everything. And I'm like, huh. So that's, that's where I hyper-focused in on that. Nice. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting story. But yeah, now I, like I've had a couple like CEOs of companies, of publicly traded companies come on and we're chatting and they're like, you're 28 and I'm like 40, 50. And you're just learned at 28 what I learned at 50. They're like, kid, you're going far. Kind of thing. From uh, from their mouths to God's ear, right? Oh yeah, and it was That's just great. One, and then um, I had like sent, he wasn't a CEO, but he was like the regional manager of like Florida for a really big company uh, called UBS, and um, and that's where I told we we were just chatting because it's, it's a trading and investing company. I tell him like, oh yeah, like when whatever event happened, I'd buy buy at this signal and sell at this signal, and he's like. That's taken hedge fund managers years to figure out that sequence. And you just learned in what, like a year? I'm like, oh, I knew it like six months ago. I've just been perfecting it for the last six months. He's like, what the heck? He's like, dude, you're going. He's like, do you need a job I can pay you for trading? I'm like, I uh, rain check on that (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) But um, that's where like, it's now something because for like most of my life, I believed like everything I did wasn't enough. I never had anything I could hold to call my own. Like now this is like, no one can knock me. Like they're like, my own boss has been actually asking me questions about management. And I tell them like, dude, I'm a janitor kind of thing. Like technically I shouldn't be giving you advice. So that's a, that's a great story. Really inspiring. Thank you. Um, just curious. How long do I got you for? How, whatever you'd like, what other good questions do you have for me? Um, so I got like three going out questions for you other than Alrighty. work, other than work. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say there's a lot of jobs within that statement. Um, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during these lockdown times? Oh, so Mike, you know, we were all six of the kids and us were locked up at home. And, uh, so we started doing CrossFit together okay. on our front lawn. And so that was a lot of fun because I was suddenly the trainer, which, uh, is not, you know, my husband's a marathon runner, but I was the trainer. And so that was really fun. And we also um, decided to do a YouTube channel. It was for my work, but the whole family got involved. My daughter did the makeup and another daughter chose clothing. And my kids would like discuss with me the topics I was, I was going to say, and they all edited together. So it just looks like this is me talking on a, on a YouTube. It's called hyper healing mom. And, uh, so I put out, I I think I, once the lockdowns lifted, I stopped putting out any videos because that was our family project. Mm -hmm. We also with the kids, we did a a riot of a video. We did like spoofs on the whole family. My husband's family has two brothers. So we did one of these great videos, like making fun of acting out all the different families and my in-laws and that was that was a fantastic project. We're still laughing about that. But we did a lot of creative things together. And when we were finally permitted to leave, we had we were allowed to leave our house 200 meters in that first lockdown. I don't know if it was that strict anywhere else, but oh. once 
I don't know what it was like. I would say here in California, specifically where I am in LA, Los Angeles County, uh, only just recently they alleviated the lockdown rules. LA is insane. LA is insane. And what's so insane about LA is like with all of their torturing of their citizens, they didn't do better at COVID than anybody else. It's like, what'd you do that for? You did much worse than everyone else. So Israel, Israel was, was pretty bad at the beginning slowly but surely they did lift and and people have have gotten back to almost normal at this point but we we did get out into nature a bunch once it got once we were allowed to leave like 500 meters so we we'd like you know we keep counting 500 meters every 500 meters and we landed up really discovering the mountains behind our house. We live in a beautiful area okay. in, the Jude- in the Judean mountains. So we we usually we would get in the car to go on a hike. But this time we figured if we're going by foot, nobody is going to arrest us for being too far away from our house in a mountain on a mountain, I should say. So we did a lot of that as well. Wait, they were so- actually full on arresting people. Oh, my God. Yeah. My oh, daughter- I didn't hear about this at all. My daughter has a ticket, which she has not yet paid for getting onto a bus with her with her mask down. And uh, so she she has a she has a ticket, which would be an equivalent to about one hundred and fifty dollars. It sucks, but it's not like oh, she's she has she's not. I mean, she as a teenager, it's a little bit because it's you know, she doesn't make very much money and she's also doing her national service. So so the country's paying her about two dollars a day. And uh, and then slapping her with hundred and fifty dollar tickets. So it's uh, and yeah, they were very strict here. They wasn't it wasn't arrests. It was much more very high fines for all sorts of things. That's what they were doing here in L.A. for the longest time. Some finally the cops were just like, screw it. Why are we doing this kind of thing? Um, so the no, the no one, no one did that here. They they just finally it became like okay, now officially we're stopping. But until the country said time to stop. They were, they were given, they were making loads of money on the poor terrorized civilians. And none of that helped. Also Israel did not do, we were the first to vaccinate. We were the first to give the forced vaccine. We're, we're champion vaccinators and, and, uh, and uh, we didn't do very well either. Yeah. There was no, there's no right answer to this, the COVID. No, no, no. But terrorizing your citizens is probably not a good idea way. In my opinion. I'll say that at least I always talk shit about Australia because it's like the moment (laughs) they whiff COVID, they lock everything down. Yeah. They're crazy. I don't know. At least they weren't terrorizing them like Israel. I'm like, it's one of those like, wow. Yeah. There is no right answer. to No, no, no. Australia did, did way more terror than Israel. Oh, we just didn't, we didn't hear about it too. Yeah, no, no. Israel, it was manageable here. There were, there were certain things like, okay, you can't go into the mall. All right. I can live with that. But there was no, there was never a, uh, a vaccine mandate, uh, which they have in Australia. It was just very, very highly recommended. And uh, if you didn't want to do it, then you had to choose to just not do participate. Events. No, no, uh, or you can go get a test and, and that would allow you in. Unless you want to take the kids to the movies and you don't want to vaccinate your children, you can have them all tested and then go to the movie. You have 24 hours to do a bunch of fun things. You know, so guys, we're going ice skating, we're going to the movies and we're going to eye jump, you know, where we're going to jump on the trampolines and, you know, like squish it all into uh, one 24 hour period. And we're not sleeping because we paid for all you guys to get tests. So 
So there were ways to get around certain things, you know, getting on an airplane, you could do it by getting a test. No, it didn't touch the toes of Australia. And, and here they never, ever did mandates, but it was highly uncomfortable, but not not nearly like Austria, Australia or California, for that matter. I would say we're our own special unit in of ourselves. Yeah, the only one yeah. they couldn't pull off is they really wanted to do it, uh, a forced mandate of vaccines yeah. out here. And I just I sat there. I'm like, there's no there's no way you could pull that off because Northern California is its own special unit. It's like right. Texas, but just north of us. And then you have us. So it's like, yeah, it's not going to work. So yeah, no, the, it, it wouldn't have worked here either. So it's interesting. And it's dangerous because there are people that are anaphylactic and things like that. Like oh. it's, it's a dangerous thing to do. I mean, I, I did all the vaccines because I just want to move about the campus freely. Um, also just make my parents feel better. But um yeah, I was one of those. I knew someone actually, she will probably be on permanent um, disability because she got the vaccine. Like she got COVID like three times in a row and was fine. Like she survived that. She got the vaccine and she went half paraplegic. Oh my God. That is awful. And it was wow. just one of those. I sat there and I'm like, what the heck just happened here? Right. And it was that's just tragic. So yeah, that's where, again, I got lucky, did all the stuff, nothing bad happened to me. But yeah, I know some really messed up stories for other people. Um, so um, other than that, what is, um, uh, like, let's say someone is, is aspiring to be like you, very successful mom, runs her own business and uh, multiple events. What are some tips, tricks, or advice you give them to start down that path? Well, I would say start by not expecting yourself to be great at everything all at once um, and all the time. Uh, being a mom is is a juggling act and you really have to choose your priorities carefully. And I would say for myself, while my kids were small, I was mainly a mom. Now, I know that that's not a very California thing to say, uh, but I that was a choice I made. I wanted my kids to come home to a mother at home. I wanted them to have hot, healthy food. I wanted them to I wanted them to go to the park in the afternoon with someone who who had actually birthed them and uh, and spoke the same language as them, things like that. So I uh, so I definitely I worked very part time. I always say to moms, don't quit the workforce. Stay in, but keep your foot in the door. Work a couple of hours a week. Work in the amount of time that is not going to steal your energy and your patience from your family. So that was very much what I did at the beginning. And as my kids got older, I slowly increased. And I increased, you see, I have a lot of different areas that I'm working in. Some lectures, some, some teaching college, some groups, some private so this way I was able to work my schedule around, around my children and uh, they definitely are, are at the center. And, um, but the other thing is follow your heart, do things that feel right for you, because if you're juggling that much and you're also doing things that drain you, but don't give you energy, it's all going to fall apart. So your, your relationships, your, your kids, your, and you must give yourself a break, go out with friends, go on a vacation, take a walk in the morning or evening, go out and exercise, do something for yourself in order to nourish yourself, because we have to have the equal amount out as we have in. And again, if you're, if you have a job, you hate, it's way too much out. 
if you have yeah. never have downtime, way too much out. So keep a balance and also be proud of yourself that you're balancing that much. It's not simple being a mother. And then you add all the other stuff to it. Just congratulate yourself as much as possible and say it out loud, by the way, because that'll be healthy for your boys and your girls to hear because your boys should know what what your what kind of challenges a mother goes through, not to feel bad for you, but rather to say, wow, she's she's really awesome. And your girls should know that when they become moms, they should also be able to congratulate themselves. So and definitely out loud. Don't judge yourself. Say, I did my best. This is what I learned. This is what my process is so that that you and the people in your environment can uh, can can learn from that from your experiences because i always say it's my mantra there's no such thing as failure there's success and there's learning experiences so the more that we can say that as moms the better off we're going to be oh 100% that was one thing uh i've had a few moms on before on the show and uh one of them like jokingly said like oh every kid is essentially an extra job and the husband's a job too Oh yeah. Plus working on a normal I have, like job. Six, I, have six, I have six PhDs, Pretty you know, much. each one of them because they, I think God has a unique sense of humor because every single one of them is different in every way. It's like, there's no repeats. Like, you know, I, I, I studied this thing. I know how to do a kid. And right. then kid number two shows up and it's like, I have no idea how to do a kid. One second. We're back at zero. How could that happen? You know, how many different personalities could there be? And they have the same genetics, but yet they all have very unique combos and they're amazing and uh, push me to my limit. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so then where can everyone get you at? Where can they contact you? Well, first of all, they can look at my book on Amazon. It's called Hyper Healing. And uh, that, that it's uh, very soon, I'm going to be putting it out there on audio, but right now it's an ebook and a soft cover. And uh, it's definitely, you can get a lot of information, a huge amount of information for that, from that. That's a full program for parents of kids with ADHD symptoms. It's also extremely useful for coaches, teachers, and therapists. You can also look me up on my website. That's hyperhealing.org. And like I said, on uh, you can you can check me out on YouTube, Hyperhealing Mom, and you can see now you know the background of that, and you know that all of the videos are a full family event. And I'm on Instagram as well, hyperhealing.adhd. And on my website, you can also get directly in touch with me by just sending a note, and I'm always happy to respond. Wonderful. This has been an absolute honor. I've learned so much and clarified a lot of things for me, at least today. Oh, that's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great. It was absolute, yeah. Honor and pleasure. I'm going to shut up before I keep repeating now. <laughs> well, congratulations. You made it to the end. You're an awesome person. Not many make it here. So being the awesome person that you are, can you do me one more awesome favor? Can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh, services you're using? Um, app, if you do it on Apple uh, and you leave an actual written review, um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy uh, some extra help over on um, YouTube. 
watch my videos and we, I just mute it and change the channel, <laughs> change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.